everyone, I'm Lacey. And I'm Sarah Claudia. And this is the Through the Fire and NPBC podcast. Uh, we are young adults from North Point Baptist Church in Carrollton, Georgia. And we are going through the Even If study uh, from the Daily Grace Company through Habakkuk. And we're going to jump into week one this time. Um, hopefully you've already listened to the intro if you haven't pause this and go back and listen to it um, because it has a lot of information that you need to know about who Habakkuk is as the author and kind of what's going on in his country and in the world at the time, what his purpose for writing is. And all of that is so important when you're studying the Bible to really get a full grasp of what's going on in the text. You need to know about the background of you know the passage and the author because it's a little bit different when John is writing his gospel versus when John is writing Revelation. You know, you, you kind of have to know where they're at, where the country is at, what's happened to really get a good grasp of, wow, John is just writing this weird <laughs> apocalyptic thing. And it's like, no, he's at the end of his life. He's the only, you know, disciple left. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's very important. Yeah, I think this is the this is really the first time I've really studied the Bible in this way. I mean, this, I say the first time, like the past year of my life, and it's opened my eyes to how connected the Bible is. I mean, people look at it, I think, a lot as the different books are just that, different books. But it's not, it's not that black and white. You know, there's so much history and so much context. So definitely listen to that intro, and it's interesting. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, And like we talked about last time, I mean, Habakkuk lived at times uh, that some of the other prophets lived as well. So you can also get some of that background from reading their works to kind of get a good feel on the political kind of climate and the turbulent time that's going on when he's writing this. So let's jump right into week one of the Daily Grace Coast study, Even If. So this uh, week one is over chapter one, verses one to 11. Um, And Habakkuk really contains a timeless question about the sovereignty and goodness of God in a world where devastation, corruption, and suffering seem to really abound. So it is everywhere. That's all you can see. And it's very hard to pick out the remnant of people who are following after God. I mean, if that doesn't explain a lot of our, you know, world today, Mm -hmm. I don't know what else would. Which, again, tells us Habakkuk is going to be really important to, and really applicable to us today. Um, So it, he phrases this question, really puts it out there throughout the book. If God is good, why do bad things happen? Um, and that's, that's what people ask today all the time. How can God be good and bad things happen at the same time? So we're going to look at that. Israel fell a century before Habakkuk started writing this. And Habakkuk's prophecy is looking at a similar fate for Judah. So if you remember, Judah and Israel are different countries at this point. Um, David's grandsons have already, you know, caused a mess, caused a rift, and they're two separate company, I mean, countries, not companies. (laughs) Um, Israel fell 
to the Assyrians. Um, and then about 100 years later, Judah fell to the Babylonians. So we know that Habakkuk's writing this right before uh, Babylon conquered Judah. So let's look at verse 1. It talks about an oracle, like that this is an oracle, which basically means burden. So this whole book is a prophetic message given by God to a prophet. That's really what an oracle is. And it becomes a burden to him until it's preached to its audience. So let's look at verses 2 to 4. This is Habakkuk going into his complaint is what my ESV Bible calls it. Um, But basically he's in anguish over the sin that he sees around him just constantly getting worse and worse over the years. Um, It has this theme of lament that you can see throughout the Psalms as well, um, especially like 13 and 22. And the situation seemed hopeless. He, He couldn't see a way out. He couldn't really reconcile who he knew God to be through his word and what he was seeing with the hopelessness and the sinfulness in the world around him. Um, and not just in like the lay people in the country, but also the religious leaders and the people who were supposed to be laying down the law and giving justice, those people were also corrupt. So he's like, where, where is the hope here? They can't be punished because the people dealing out the punishment are also corrupt. So where, where does this come in? Who's going to punish these people? Where is God at? And it's going to be God's judgment um, that's coming on the people once we like get into his real uh, Babylonian invasion that God's going to talk about in just a second. Um, it's his judgment coming on the people for requesting a human king in the first place in 1 Samuel eight eighteen. That's where this all started. The people wanted a human king instead of having God as their king. So they begged God for a human king. He gave it to them in Saul and then in David and David's line. But at this point, the kings are incredibly corrupt. Other than Josiah, who lived for a little while, they had a mini revival. And then right after he died, they went back to worshiping idols. So... He's like, even, even the kings are horrible. And the Lord seemed far away, like Habakkuk's prayers were going unanswered. Yet Habakkuk still prayed. He knew that the situation seemed hopeless, and he prayed anyways. Knowing that God was the only one who could make a difference in the situation. So the people were not only worshiping God, but were worshiping themselves. Um, And like I said, the religious leaders at the time, the kings, they were all worshiping themselves. And his prayer shows that what he was seeing wasn't matching the character of God. So what, what can we really get out of that? There will be times that we will be tempted to change who God is in our minds to match our experiences in the world. That's, that's the way the world does it, is they use the things they experience, they use the things that they see, and that in turn develops what they believe. But that's not what God tells us to do. What we have to do 
is know who God has already revealed himself to be in his word and then use that truth to interpret our world and our experiences. So just like all the other things in the New Testament where God is flipping things on their head, you know, the first will be last and the last will be first, all of those kind of things, this is another way that he just flips it on his head. He's already revealed himself. We don't have to figure it out. He's already told us what to do. He's already told us really how to interpret our world. And so we just have to use that to look at the world around us and see what's going on. I mean, and see that the the devastation and hopelessness that people have is because they don't know Christ. Mm -hmm. But there's not devastation and hopelessness in the world because God doesn't exist. That's kind of how the world sees it. If there's hopelessness out there, then obviously there has, there has to be a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, there can't be a good God when hopelessness and horrible things are happening in the world. Mm-hmm. But that, that's not the way this goes. Yeah. And like when we, when we just sit back focusing on that devastation and that sin and, and, you know, looking around and talking about, oh, how bad things are, well... God put us here to be his vessels and to go out and, you know, spread who he is. So why don't we go out and start trying to change all this sin and this devastation and this evil that we see around us? But I think Habakkuk, you know, stopping and praying about it too, I think too too often we pray for answers, we pray for God to change it, and we're not patient enough either to wait and see the good come out of it. Right. Yeah, for sure. So... Also, the gospel can provide some answers to his questions. So I really encourage you to go look at um, Habakkuk's first complaint and really compare that to the gospel. Like, Jesus went through some of those same things as well, where he's asking, God, where are you right now? I see all of this sin happening. I see all of this devastation. Are you not going to save us? And so God sent Jesus later on to save us today. Um, but then we take that and we know that and we don't use that, though, in the world. Mm-hmm. So we have that knowledge, but it's never actually put to use. Like, how do you use the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead? How do you use that in life? That gives you hope. He's promised to come back. He's promised to never leave us or forsake us. He's promised us his Holy Spirit if we've trusted in him. You know, all of these different things, we use the gospel to go out and interpret our life. And it, it should really reflect through our behavior, through our words, through everything, what we know to be true about God. But a lot of times we have that knowledge and we never really put it into practice. We just kind of keep it as head knowledge and we Mm -hmm. never act on it. Mm -hmm. And that's that's why a lot of the world doesn't see Christians as different. They're like, oh, they're just one of us because we know it, Mm -hmm. but we don't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And the gospel should really, uh, and who God is also, who he's revealed himself to be in his word, should change how you interact with the world around you. So let's look back at Habakkuk uh, 1 verses 5 to 11. So this is the Lord answering him and he doesn't really rebuke Habakkuk. He doesn't come at him and say, 
why are you questioning me and or anything like that he just kind of corrects this perspective he's kind of like you're not asking the right questions like (laughs) you're asking where I'm at and if I'm going to come save you I've already promised that and in my answer to you I'm going to kind of explain how I'm working that for your good so He's like, you're asking where I'm, where I'm at, where I've been. I've been working this whole time. You just didn't know it. So it, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny because a lot of times Jesus in the New Testament as well, he answers a question with a question. That's how he really gets to the heart of the matter. And God, a lot of times with his prophets, when they ask questions, he's like, hold on for a minute. You shouldn't even be asking that question. You should be asking this other one. So I'm going to answer that one (laughs) over here because that's the question that's actually important. (laughs) Um, So when it talks about the Chaldeans here, um, it actually means the Babylonians. So we know who those people are. Um, They were known to be prideful, arrogant. They abused their power um, a ton. They abused their power on their people. They really destroyed the culture of the people that um, they took over and kind of made them part of their culture then. Which, we see that in Daniel, how the Babylonians um, tried to force Daniel and his friends to kind of go with their culture. They changed their names, they tried to change their diet, they tried to change who they worship. All of that is part of their culture, but Daniel refused. Um, So that's the important part, really. And so back in the verses, uh, God states he knows exactly what's going on and how he's using the Babylonians for his own plans. So God has been working since before Habakkuk's first prayer was ever uttered. And this defeat by the Babylonians would happen because of their disobedience for breaking the covenants that they had made with God. There are so many covenants, um, and I highly encourage every one of you to go study those. Uh, We just finished a study on the covenants here at North Point, um, and it's also a daily Grace Coast study, so you should really look into that one. It gives a huge perspective on who God is in light of his covenants. Um, it's, It's amazing. You should really look it up. But the Babylonians thought that they were the ultimate power. They thought they were the most important. They were conquering all of these other nations. um, And Assyria was weakening. They were just kept growing in power. Yet they were being used for our omnipotent God's purposes. God was the one doing all of these things. He was raising them up to defeat Judah And then the diaspora would happen where the people would go out and be conquered. They would go out to other nations. You know, they would run uh, to nations or they would, you know, be taken by Babylon as slaves and all of those kind of things. People would go out everywhere from Judah. And some of them would come back later. But the whole point was for God to get their attention so that they could come back to him. Because that's his purpose throughout the Bible ever since the fall in Genesis 3 is to restart that intimacy with his people. He wants to be back in that intimate relationship with 
those that he loves with his people that love and trust him. And so that's what all of his plans are really trying to go towards. And then we see the ultimate reality of that in Revelation um, with the marriage supper of the Lamb. So what do we learn about the character of God from his response to Habakkuk here? First of all, he's not deaf to the cries of his people. I think that's one of the most important things. He, he knows exactly what's going on with his people. He knows about it before it happens, and he's already started something to fix it. So, and to bring them back to him. Um, he's also always working, and the New Testament talks about that in Ephesians 3.20. He's always faithful, and he is a covenant keeper, even if we aren't, which the covenants stated, you know, have no other gods before me. And he said, if you do, other nations are going to conquer you. So what happened? They had other gods before him. They worshiped idols for a long time. And then the Lord fulfilled his promise that another nation would conquer them. So from the passage, how can we really have hope when it doesn't seem like God is working? We have to know him. You have to study who he's revealed himself to be in his word. You have to spend time with him. And that doesn't necessarily mean talking, spend time with him. It's just, you know, spend time in his presence. Just sit there and know that he's with you and just really reflect on him. Um, But also, you have to talk to him. That's the way a relationship works. Um, A relationship's not going to go very far if you never talk to each other. Um, You have to notice the small and big ways that he has worked in your life in the past, and even how he's currently working. You know, if you really sit down and think about it, you can see his hand in so many ways, and how he's really blessed each and every one of us I mean, first of all, you have breath in your lungs. That's a huge blessing. He puts that there every few seconds. And because he keeps doing that, you can know without a shadow of a doubt that he still has plans for you and he still has a purpose for you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. And just to give kind of a a real-life application of that I lost my sight as some of the listeners might know very suddenly six years ago and talk about a situation that was hopeless and one that was filled with a lot of those why questions and the only way I was able to find hope in that situation and to start moving through it is by knowing God it it all came from spending time with him in prayer and in his word and as I got to know him, as I turned back to him, because I was very lost spiritually um, during it. I kind of see my whole life in this, um, what Habakkuk is talking about, where people were lost and worshiping other things. But through knowing him and turning back to him, that's how I was able to see who he was, see him working and see his righteousness and see him as a planner because he, he always really does have a plan. Yeah, for all of you planners out there, <laughs> he is one of you. <laughs> and that, as a planner, that always makes me feel a little bit better. But 
I also have to remind myself, I don't have it all figured out, <laughs> and he does. Yes. So he's the best kind of planner, that his plans don't go awry. Mm-hmm. He always knows where the plan is going to go, and he's always got another plan in motion yes. to yeah. help us out. And as a planner who freaks out when I don't have a plan or when things <laughs> don't go according to plan, it gives me comfort that I don't have to have that control. I don't have to have that plan all the time, you know, because God has it and he is always working. And it takes some time to see that. But when you have that patience and just rest in trusting him and waiting on him and knowing it's okay to ask why in the sense of, I know that you're going to work all things out good eventually, but can you show me, you know, a little piece (laughs) right now? But yeah, so we're so excited to keep going on this study uh, through Habakkuk with you guys. So next week, um, we're going to go through the rest of chapter one and through to the end of chapter two. Um, and also, you know, we're, we're really going to dig into Habakkuk's second complaint and really see where God takes us on that one. Um, but We are praying for all of you guys. We really appreciate y'all listening. Um, We would love to have you guys, if you're in the Georgia area or if you're just visiting, whatever, um, we would love to have you guys come check out the Bible study. It is on Sunday nights at 6.30 p.m. um, at 1400 Cedar Street in Carrollton, Georgia. So we'd love for you guys to show up and come hang out with us and dig into the word with us. Um, Also, North Point Baptist Church in Carrollton, Georgia, has a YouTube channel where all of our uh, pastor's messages are at every week. Um, You can watch them live as well. So we'd love for you guys to tune into that. Um, And our service starts at uh, 10.30 on Sunday mornings. Um, So just come check us out. You can find us on Instagram. Mine is uh, at lace underscore cruise, C-R-E-W-S. And mine is at Sarah Claudia Ministries. And that's Sarah with no H, S-A-R-A-C-L-A-U-D-I-A Ministries. Yeah, so come check us out. Let us know if you have any prayer requests or anything we can do for you guys. Uh, We'd love to help you out any way that we can. And we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. See y'all next time.